Good evening, Patriots. Friday. It is Friday. October 14th at the end of the Friday. Those on the East Coast, you are already rolling into Saturday. And hopefully everybody's going to have a great Saturday. And do something very special for yourself. Patriots, I don't know if you've heard, and we know we've mentioned it here. Mike Lindell and his team have delivered over 20,000 pillows and blankets down to Fort Myers after the hurricane. And that's just a statement that we just keep getting over and over of the type of company that Mike Lindell leads and has built, which is MyPillow. Quite frankly, if we had 300 of his companies we like that, we would not be in the situation we're in, but we don't. We have one. And MyPillow is a company that continues to walk the talk and the values that it speaks of and the faith that Mike has, which is his love in Christ. So you can head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. There's some great products there, incredible products. Pillows, towel sets, which are on sale right now. Pillows are on sale right now. There's always great savings and great, and great sailing, sales. And you can take advantage of those sales with your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. It's really quite an amazing setup, and it's direct from factory to us as patriots one of the things mike has done is to cut out the middleman and that's where we gain so much of the savings so with your promo code you're supporting saving getting great products for yourself and at the same time supporting great efforts that mike continues to do not just for the integrity of the elections but for america as a whole so again mypillow.com forward slash bards mypillow.com forward slash bards your promo code is Bards. And if you want to speak to a real person, you can call 800-975-2939. 800-975-2939. And that is where you will speak to a Patriot pillow counselor that will hook you up. There's a lot, obviously, that is continuing to shake up. And I think things are going to be moving faster than most people realize. We have the pressure now on President Trump. They want to subpoena him. And I think that we'll probably end up in a situation where he'll, we don't know, but there's a lot of anticipation that they'll try to arrest him to, for the show of it, not to incarcerate him, but more to silence him, especially as we head into the elections. All of this is designed to try to trigger as many people as possible into an event of a domestic civil war. The border is a disaster. There's a report that came out today that the sheriffs in Texas are setting up makeshift morgues to house the number of illegal aliens' dead bodies that they're finding. And we're still heading into a major crisis in this nation, which is the vax, which has continued to ravage, and they're getting away with it because they're not listing the numbers and they're hiding it under unknown deaths. But Indications like this headline, Florida State University receives 51 new defibrillators, encourages the campus community to get regular heart screenings. This vax is attacking the heart, as is evidenced by Moderna today that announced that it was going to use an mRNA-based shot directly into the heart, which we spoke about last hour, to try to cure heart attacks. We know this is all a lie, and this scam is continuing and the worst part about it is that 
No one is yet in any political spectrum is calling out this injection for what it is. It's a bioweapon. Politicians aren't doing it, including President Trump. No one is calling it out for what it is. This is where they have decided at this point in time that there's a large portion of humanity that will either be exterminated or be converted to a transhumanist model. And if you survive the vax, that depends on who you talk to. If you talk to Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, you're going to get the idea that it's about 10 years of your lifespan and you get other people to say you're not going to live past three. Whatever it is, we're looking at an attack on humanity like we have never witnessed before. And as we sit on the outside, we have a pretty simple choice, and that is fear or faith. And obviously, we've come this far, and I would say if you've come this far and you have any fear, like, go put your head in a bowl of ice water or something. Shake it out, because there is no time for fear. Now is time to dig deeper into our faith. 1 Peter 2, 15 to 16, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. That is so powerful and I think so important because there is such a tendency to want to see our good as sometimes we bandaid our good over our deeper feelings and deeper emotions. Right now we have an absolute need, obligation, requirement, duty, a whole bunch of words for you, to really cleanse our hearts and purify ourselves of these dark thoughts and dark ways. We have a we get hooked into our sins of the past. And it's time that we release that. And that's where repentance is so important. Because in repenting, we're, we're breaking the contract with the spiritual forces that embed within us and the sins that bind us. I don't think we give enough credit to the fact that the spiritual world is a contractual-based world. That when we give that dark energy, that dark spirit's license to work within us, they'll do just that. And that doesn't just limit our, itself to ourselves. It can affect our households and it can affect our communities. So the actions that we take within our home have replica, repercussions within our community. I think that's extremely important to grasp because we have to start really working on resetting ourselves and our life in such a way that we're walking truly with God at all times and we're walking in such a way that we're honoring all that he is and trying to live in such a way that we're purifying our hearts. So, I'm going to, I read this earlier in the week, and I want to read it again because it's to this point, and it makes a very important point. Mark 8, 22, leading up to 26. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a man who was blind to Jesus and begged him to touch him. 
taking the man who was blind by the hand, he, meaning Jesus, brought him to a village, brought him out of the village, and after spitting in his eye and laying his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and he said, I see people for I see them like trees walking around. In other words, not real clear. Then again, he laid his hands on his eyes and he looked intently and he res- and, and was restored and began to see everything clearly. And he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter that village. There is a real implied and stated here to add to that. He's not wanting him to go back to the village because the, the evil is so dark there that it will re- basically reclaim his blindness. And the, and the other thing I find interesting is this is the only place where Christ has to pray twice to bring somebody's cure to them, to give him sight or to cure them, heal them. And with if we look at the last sentence, and he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. And at the same time, looking at the fact he's prayed on him twice, there's an implied thing there that this was a dark dark curse laying upon this man. Dark dark curse, dark spirit, dark force, whatever you want to call it. And the implied there is that the places in which we live can become that sort of darkness on ourselves if they become so vexed with sin. Right now we're in this crazy month and it's amazing how many people just can't seem to get what Halloween is really about. That Halloween literally represents a dark sacrifice of, especially of children, blood sacrifice around the world. And on top of it, evil's lurking very heavily here in the country. This rainbow fentanyl is part of that, which is literally to disguise as candy and to take lives which would be sacrifices of children. This whole month has been crazy. And I think we can tell by the magnitude of the attack on children from the injection, this high rate push to continue to push injections into kids when they were never ever part of the threat of this pandemic. And yet they've become the entire focus of the, of the pharmacia. And we know why that is because with the emergency use authorization, the only way that they can get the main injection required for everybody is to backdoor it through children. And if they can require it for children, they can mandate it for adults. And we've learned today that, and not that we didn't know, but we've equally learned today that Congress never took the injection. They were, they didn't have to, but they were mandating it and pressuring people to mandate it for everyone else. This is an agenda. And it's an agenda ultimately to cover the tracks of the damage and destruction that they have done. Not financially. That's, that's a drop in the bucket because really for most people, you rape and pillage money and they're like, okay, I'm upset, but not to the point of wanting to remove you from the face of the earth. But it is the cover-up, part of the cover-up to keep people from realizing 
how we have always been subjects to harvest. And that leaves a very dark curse on all the land. And you may not be comfortable with curse. You can call it whatever you want. But the earth is, I, I think it was best described as an idea that was shared with me a couple of weeks ago. And I really like the idea that earth is kind of like a battery. And as a battery, what we put into it is what we reap. So literally what we reap, we sow. And what we've been, what we've been sowing into the earth is pain and suffering. And they have been accelerating this concept of ritual sacrifice, blood, blood ritual, rifts in blood of hatred. And this swirling around that we keep participating in, whether by desire or just by blind compliance because we're just going along with their obedient ways is a result of us not keeping obedient to God and not keeping obedient to Christ. And unfortunately, a lot of that has been until recently, I I think that people just haven't realized how distorted and pacifying and compliant so many of the pulpits have been in our nation. And those whole, that whole thing right there has created a nation where people have been literally walking in sin with the blessing of the pulpit. That's, that's literally the worst of the worst right there is your pulpits have been absconded and taken over, influenced, infiltrated by the evil itself. So we are in a very necessary time that as a nation, however we want to phrase this, it's literally a nation needing deliverance from the darkness that it sits in. And that begins with each of us seeking a repentance, which, which is within our hearts. And that's a very deep and very important process to grasp. It's truly a process of freedom. And it can begin literally in your prayers, whatever you do and sit in prayer. But it begins with taking those things that are in your heart to literally that you know that are there, it, whatever you have, and speaking them as the word, in, speaking them in your own words into, into breath and confessing that sin to Jesus and to Father God and speaking that out to then ask for forgiveness and then proclaim that forgiveness within yourself so that the contract for darkness is broken. And it's just a process that I would would encourage doing. It's biblical. If you're questioning it, just... Our words are the power in life. They're, worth, they're life and death. And in doing this, what we're, we're literally releasing ourselves from this certain types of bondage. The problem we have right now, and I've been mentioning this quite a bit, and it's a really important perspective to grab, is that we are really shackled by the age of reason. 
Because in the age of reason, if we didn't touch our five senses, it didn't exist, which is a really interesting thing because if we do that, then how do we know and how, how can we believe in Father God? We do because we say things like we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, that should tell us something right there, that the bindings that were put upon us by the five senses, one of those being sight, were not what we are limited to. It's what they, those in control, have limited us to intentionally to try to keep us from connecting deeper into that deep relationship in the kingdom. And that problem is pervasive with us now because we ignore what's around us. We end up with people willfully complying constantly to the authorities that are themselves not anchored in God. We are an entire ruling architecture in this nation that is ruled by Satanists who understand and study the idea of inversion and how to undercut everything in the spiritual realm related to God. That is part of their entire focus of life. And in so doing, and they, and they have learned that of the people out here, those that call themselves Christians are the easiest to manipulate. I mean, look at the fact right now that we literally have the Baptist coalition and you have the Methodist coalition. There's a little bit of difference in how they're implementing it but they're going total woke. Baptists don't own the churches, so they recommend woke strategies. Methodists own the church, so they're dictating woke strategies. And part of that with Methodist churches is they've now been mandating that all churches have to, have a, have to accept gay pastors. There are, there's a breakaway happening in the Methodist church, fortunately, but nonetheless, there's still there's an, a portion of these these congregations that are obedient to it. This is the corruption and the obedience that we give to the wrong focus. And it's if we're always walking in with Christ and we're putting our eyes on Christ and we're walking in that as biblical Christian, not temple Christian, then we're finding ourselves staying away from a lot of these confusing points and getting caught in the muck. I don't think there's never ever been a more important time right now than to literally clarify that position. Because if your obedience is coming from the pulpit and not your own experience, the pulpit's giving you guidance, hopefully good guidance. But our relationship with Father God is personal and it's enhanced and deepened with our reading of scripture. And that's bringing to life truly the kingdom within us. It is in our heart, which again is no irony lost here or coincidence, in fact, that everything about this mRNA shot and everything about this waging of war on humanity is targeting the heart. And it should be noted you know, this is an opportunity right now for churches, for pulpits to literally stand and be strong. And yet, we're really not seeing that yet. We're seeing glimpses of it, but not on the aggregate. If you remember the other night, I played a, 
pretty aggressive piece from a woman, a mother, who was speaking out against transgenderism in the schools. Now, I'm going to start this piece. I'm going to move forward to it. This is Tucker Carlson. I want you to hear just the introduction and then what she has to say. It's about two and a half minutes. But this is a really important point that we're not hearing this conversation in our churches. Attorney General of the United States Merrick Garland has ordered federal agents to investigate parents who dare to complain about their school boards. In particular, parents are no longer allowed to say anything when creepy adults sexualize their children. So much for coming on. Um, so <laughs> this is the school that's supposed to be educating your kids and this is a California mother. Your kids. How did you find out about this? So the Union School District took it upon themselves to send out the invitation to all families in Encinitas. And uh, they actually have, it's interesting, they have an approval process that they violated. It says in their rules of conduct that they can't send out anything that is lewd, that is political, that is controversial. And they decided to send out a boobash invitation that is sponsored by a gender reassignment clinic out in San Francisco and a 21 plus gay nightclub in San Diego. So to say we were confused would be an understatement. What does this have to do with educating your children? Well, that's a really good question, Tucker. And we asked the board again and again to reconsider and to issue an apology and an explanation, which they didn't, which is why we decided to show up. and. I want to make it really clear that this is not a an isolated incident. This is coming to every school across the nation. And if you think that it's just going to stay in California, you're dead wrong. This is coming everywhere. And it's why we stood up and we said, we're going to nip this in the bud. We're not going to play by the rules that we're supposed to be afraid that we're going to be punished if we don't speak up now. And I hope that this breeds courage for parents all over the nation who see this, this trend starting to change where, like you just said, our kids aren't being educated in the fundamentals. They're being hypersexualized. And we are done with this. How is this different from pedophilia? Do you know? Say that again. How is this different from pedophilia? Well, it sounds like it's one and the same. And, you know, I, that's why I made it really clear that you can slap labels on anything. You can make anything family-friendly that you want. And that's the danger of this ideology is that we're being told to use new terms and new language, which is I think we do a disservice when we play by those rules. We need yes. to stand up and use the words as the words the words that we know what they mean. And what those adults are doing is they're pimping out our kids to gender reassignment clinics and they're pimping them out to 21 plus nightclubs. And like I said, it's coming all over the nation and we need to now use brave words and words with meaning and call it like it is. Yeah, I mean, I just have sat in awe and watched passive parents let creepy adults sexualize their children. And it's just so gratifying to see someone say enough. So thank you for doing that and for telling enough us about is it enough. tonight. Enough is enough. Thank you, Tucker. Amen. Absolutely enough is enough. In George News, they, this is that was a post from George News. I played that piece the other night from that parent. It's a great piece. And, I, and this is a great addition that George News added. My hope is that this will encourage you to pay attention to what is happening at your local district in your county to show up, speak out, and be unrelenting 
in calling evil by its name. Pastors and churches, this is when you must get out from behind the pulpit and pew to contend unashamedly for what is good against what is evil. This is how we advance the kingdom. The time is now. Be brave, fearless, and courageous in truth. This is how we win. And I so agree. This is time that we all have that obligation. And if you're looking for your pastors or the pew, the the pew to be doing this, you're going to find it's in short supply. And that's a sadness and really more than a sadness. It's a, it's a complete walking away from the obligations that we should have and need to have. But the key here as well is what she said at the end, which is using the words. We're afraid or conditioned or apprehensive to call it out by name. Transgenderism, the way it is employed here, is pedophilia by any other name. The LGBTQ movement has become synonymous with grooming. And worse, it is the scarring and mutilation of youth. This weaponization of the system and a movement has become the shock troops for Satan. And we cannot have apprehension in our conversations about calling it for what it is. We're dealing with demons. We're dealing with satanic forces. We're dealing with children that are being primed to be containers and vessels for dark and demonic forces. And we lack the tools in the standard teaching of this church to deal with this other than just say, you know, I'm going to pray. This literally, and I do mean this, gets into this concept of deliverance. We're, being, we're having a spiritual war being waged upon us. And it's going to have to begin with a process of every one of us getting strong and clear in our heart. That begins with a process of repenting truly deeply, putting it before Christ to seek forgiveness, and then proclaiming that you have dominion over that whatever was there because you have broken the ability for them to have contract with you because you have sought forgiveness through Christ in repentance and the blood of Christ has forgiven you and healed you. You have to start going through this. We all do. Every one of us. It's essential because we are now going to have to be on the front line of dealing with this force of evil. And this force of evil is as takes no mercy. It corrupts and it corrupts in deeply and then it sets in and it slips in like a thief in the night. And especially when it's coming after children. And we've talked a lot about this this week, but I want to highlight this because this is literally all about sacrifice. When a child is brought to accepting that they're another gender, it's a form of sacrifice. They're sacrificing their gift that God gave them of who they are. When the child goes to another level to allow or to agree or be persuaded to mutilate themselves, to be castrated, to be have their breasts removed, to have a surgery done so that they have an artificial vagina installed, to 
have their ovaries removed. This is happening in children in their that sometimes aren't even teens yet. And it's registered as a billion-dollar industry, and it's so pervasive that the doc, doctors now are defending it and telling people they're trying to make movements. The AMA has already made movements to silence anybody on the web like me, like anybody else that's willing to speak out at this and speak the truth. That means that every one of us needs to be speaking boldly the truth everywhere we are. And there can be no apprehension about speaking the words of truth. And that includes whether people look at you sideways like a tilted dog head, I could care less. It is proclaiming Jesus and it is calling out evil for what evil is. We are dealing with a spiritual war and demonic forces are in our lives and around us. That means our homes also have to be set to be essentially sanctuaries. And that to do that, we have to empower the Holy Spirit within our own homes. And that happens with us beginning with our hearts to clear it and everyone in our family and then to raise that up. Because essentially that's part of our how we survive this is our homes become like outposts, if you will, within evil territory. And with that strength of God and that power of Christ within our homes, we are protected. As I said before, protection doesn't mean you're not going to feel the heat. Like the firefighter that pulls that fire tent around them, they're still going to feel the heat of the flashover. And they might even get some of their hair scalded a little bit, and they might get some first-degree burns. But they will survive it. That's part of us standing in this moment in time. That's part of us standing with our armor on. Because these are principalities beyond our reach, but we have an obligation to armor ourselves up. And part of armoring ourselves up is to truly purify what's within us, to purify our hearts. And it's, it's just so important. And we keep somehow taking, I think, for granted or perhaps not taking seriously enough as a collective whole. No fingers being pointed here. And you know I don't do that. But as a collective whole, we are dealing with a society that has walked away from the truth of what this world is truly like. And at the same time, our power, once given to us, we have been given dominion. But dominion is also at a spiritual level. We have to not allow for the sin to persist, which allows the contract to be established for, for evil to take hold. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, and with God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Our mission is so incredibly important. And that ability to walk truly within the grace that God gave us means that we have to work ever so hard to separate ourselves from the traps, the hooks, the anchors of this society. The constant deluge of information of negativity is intended to wear us down is intended to drop our defenses down, is intended to raise our anger, our blood pressure, our anxiety, our fear. And yet, we know that 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 should not even exist because that in itself, fear is a sin. It has been told to us 365 times, the most stated point in the Bible, fear not. And so for us to have fear or anxiety, we're not listening to God. We're not trusting in God. We're not pulling Jesus in close enough to us. We have to reach to Christ more than ever right now. And to get there is begins with repentance. And that repentance process can get very painful for many. There's things that we have done in our lives that often are hurtful for us, painful for us to even confess, even in private. And that's where you have to trust in Christ and have to have courage to rip the wrapper off of those things and lay it before you and speak the words of what it was that you did. And ask in words, not just in thought, but in words, for forgiveness. These are powerful ways that we unhook from those burdens, give ourselves greater freedom within the body of Christ and greater strength within him. Galatians 5, 13 to 18. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. For the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you were led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It is essential that we dig in harder in our relationship with Jesus than ever before. I'm going to tell you, yesterday morning, I usually get up early around five and I pray for half an hour to an hour quietly in the dark. The other morning I went back to sleep. I am literally bolted awake at seven thirty. 
with the words booming in my head. I could only assume these are words that God was speaking. You all must seek a deeper love in Christ, in Jesus. We're hearing all around us that big things are coming. We feel it in our gut. We know the world is changing. We know that God's bringing a sword to the world. We're seeing all that was in darkness being revealed to light. If we're praying, we're feeling a deeper and deeper relationship with Christ. God is pouring out everything. But what is coming is greater than any of us can imagine because we don't know, but we know it's great. God has been giving us plenty of time to prepare. In fact, our preparations now rank at around five years to prepare, to set aside provisions, knowing that there's a shortage coming to prepare ourselves spiritually, to prepare ourselves with the tools and the things we need for what is coming. But the most important thing about all of that is that we have prepared our hearts for this time. And there is no time to waste on this. You may not agree with how I format the way to release from the burdens of sin. Okay. But whatever form you want to take for repentance, start it now. Don't waste time. Dig deep. Go deeper than you've ever been. Lay it all out. Embrace what Christ is offering, which is complete and total forgiveness of the heart and healing of the depths of those things. And right now, once we are there and you get there, there is no fear. There is no anxiety. Because you know exactly where you're walking. You're walking within the Holy Spirit. This world is not defined by politics. That's the stunt that we're watching that's keeping everybody busy and distracted. If we would spend as much time focusing on Jesus as we do on politics, this world would not be the same. If we would go to rallies in 80,000 people rather than listening to President Trump and all the other pundits talk for three hours, and instead we went to 80s about 80 rallies of 80,000 people where we were on our knees praying for three hours, this world would be a different place. And that's what we have to shift because the game of politics is the game of men. Our world has to be defined by the relationship in Christ to the Father. And as we embrace that more deeply, all that is brought and brought out to us from those heavenly places, the immeasurable riches of his grace are pouring out and we'll receive them even more. But that always requires, it's, it's part of the issue that it's not just immeasurable riches so that we can do nothing. Our world lacks discipleship. It lacks that authoritativeness of Jesus in our daily life. And it has to be back. 
we have to return it. And the only ones that can in this moment are us. So the clock is ticking. I don't know what that timeline is. I don't guess timelines. And we know already that for only the father knows the exact time. But the clock is ticking. And there's no time to waste in ourselves because as we gain strength and gain through that and the, gain the greater relationship in Christ, we are more effective, profoundly more effective in this world. And that's going to be one of the most important parts of these phases ahead is that us, we, are so effective that we can receive the blessings of God to do whatever he calls on us to do. Because there's going to be a great deal of pain and torment on many levels, emotional and physical, that we're going to be confronting. You take that however form you want, but there's no avoiding that. We're already seeing it. Homelessness is on the rise. People losing their jobs, being kicked out of their homes, food shortages, medical medicine shortages of people that are dependent on certain drugs. How are they going to survive without that? If they're dependent on pharmakia, which is witchcraft anyway, all of this roots back to the ability to heal. And for us to be able to have that blessing that Jesus has already extended to us, to be able to do our job in this world through prayer and healing in profound ways so that God himself can bring the miracles to the earth that are needed. Let's pray. Father, we just pray tonight that for all those that are here and listening, we can just spend quiet to reflect deep within our hearts, to find those things that still hang around, those echoes of sin, those echoes of things that we need to speak out and to speak them out, to seek forgiveness for them, to repent purely within our, ourselves so that we can free ourselves from those burdens and those hooks. We need to be active and present in our repentance, Father, not waiting. This is a time now to cleanse and clean and then to be active and proactive to the point that we don't hesitate. That when we sin and we realize it, as soon as we do, to be on our knees, to be asking for forgiveness, to get back up and to get back in this fight, we will make mistakes, all of us. And we equally ask, Father, that we can start having eyes to see the awareness of when we do cross those lines. Again, not to delay, but to have it immediate so that we can restore ourselves back to where we need to be. We pray on this as part of our armor. as part of our ability to function in this fight as the remnant that walks now in this time when evil is on the march. It is everywhere. It is trying to attack from every angle. We pray for those, all of the people that are willing to hear with ears to hear, to take time each day to put on their spiritual armor, to take it seriously as this battle is, and to keep eyes forward. This enemy is ruthless, yet you've given us dominion 
over this enemy. Let us embrace what that means, have the courage to stand, and the trust in you to accomplish the tasks. Say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So much of what we need to be doing on a daily basis is just submitting to what Father puts us and asks us to do. Not delaying. Moving quickly. It's so important. And when we do that, that speed on target is part of the effectiveness of what he's asking. And the more that we're dutiful in that way, the more we're obeying him. Our pursuit is our love through him, as we all know. Like I told you the story already, but I'm just going to say it again. I'm around guys who've done hard time last week. They know the real darkness of what sits in this system. They've all been given a second chance through Christ. And every one of them has the courage as men to race after Jesus, to humble themselves before him, to shed the tears as needed, and to stand again and be mighty men of God. Let us all take that lesson to heart. These are times we're going to need many mighty men of God. We're going to need many dread champions of righteousness, and it begins within us. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God works with us. We work with God. Together, we win this thing. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you Sunday night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. Have a very blessed Saturday. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body
play.